Wolfpack, Happy New Year. 2019 has arrived. You know we're taking no days off. Uh, This is just The Wolf giving you a quick intro to my latest podcast, the rankings, 2019 rankings. Here I'm going to fire through about 70 or so players, some tiers, and about 30 minutes trying to hit as many as I can in a rapid-fire style. Of course, you know me and the truth are going to dig in even deeper over these next couple weeks in just like a first-round podcast and things like that and really break the stock scores all that down. But just want to give you a quick lay of the land as we debut on rotorstreetjournal.com, our 2019. 19 big board and rankings make sure you go check it out comment hit me up at roto street wolf uh, this was a facebook live video and we're going to be doing those all off season so we can interact and you can hit me up live so check those out too and let me know your thoughts on this podcast would love to hear it wolf pack let's get it 2019 titles we're already paving that path baby three tight ends including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Kyle Trayvon is in for the touchdown. Wolf Pack, what is going on? I, of course, am the Wolf of Roto Street here already. Happy New Year, happy 2019. What better way to kick it off than taking no days off, as our boy Bill Belichick for the Patriots has said, and get you our 2019 rankings. They are done. I've started grading out everybody with our stock scores. Those are in the books. We're going to get those on the site as soon as possible. We had a first round kind of teasing at that, showing off what it is. Uh, But we're going to run down already what our big board looks like, what our running back, quarterback, all those rankings look like to begin 2019 as just a quick go through what are our tiers, all that great stuff. I know it's early. I know it seems psycho, but true wolves never take a day off. There's plenty to unfold. We have a storyline article on the site right now about where is Mark Ingram going to go and who's Damian Williams uh is he going to be the guy in Kansas City or somebody going to take his job all these five storylines that are going to send cosmic waves through the rotosphere whether it's Antonio Brown getting traded whether it's Le'Veon Bell's landing spot there's going to be tons of shifts I understand that so these are not locked in stone by any means but it's still Great to get yourself a base, get to know what the tiers are looking like, what the depth of the different positions look like. So we'll go through maybe 50-ish or so players, maybe even up to 100. We'll see where the, the interest is, the engagement is. But I want to show you, as you see on the left over there, my rankings. If you can comment in during the broadcast, if you got any strife with them, let me know. That's what it's all about. Um, so we'll start with just the, the top tier there. And as you notice, the big three running backs, Gurley, Barkley, Elliott. What better thing than those three solid lines, solid overall offenses? In the case of Gurley, and the reason he's number one, the most explosive offense of these being Todd Gurley, and all three complete workhorses, 25, 30 touches a game uh, behind good lines and good offenses. You can't really argue with that. Now, there is a debate. Should Christian McCaffrey go above any of them? Should Melvin Gordon go before him? That's my four or five. And then you got Alvin Kamara at six. Maybe the most intriguing offseason storyline is whether he's going to be 
freed up with Mark Ingram serving as a free agent this year. Could land a big deal. Maybe he goes to the Chiefs and becomes a running back one himself. That would be incredible. But even more so would be Alvin Kamara. In the four games without Mark Ingram last year, he was on pace for almost 2,400 total yards, 24 total touchdowns. 140 receptions, ridiculous stuff, people. Uh, it would have been 524 PPR fancy points, by far the most out of anybody. Mahomes, for context, had 414. So Kamara would have had 110 more than what Mahomes just did in one of his record-setting years. So unbelievable what this guy was doing. So if Ingram's gone, yeah, they'll probably replace him, but he's a, he's a really good back. So even if they replace Ingram, I don't expect it to be this instant just featured guy like Ingram was, I think Kamara would see a solid uptick, maybe approach 300 touches, and be in the conversation for that top three overall spot that you see up there. Uh, And right underneath him, James Conner, graded out as a 93 on the stock scores, thrived to perfection in that just workhorse Steelers system amidst such an explosive offense behind one of the best lines in the league. Big Ben's always going to keep them in scoring range as long as he's there. So if James Conner's the guy, which it should be expected, he really performed, stepped up for his team. Uh, I expect James Conner to again be a workhorse monster uh, this season. And then underneath that, so that's my top two tiers, my top seven guys. You look and you got Le'Veon Bell at eight. And I mean, obviously that's up in the air, could go sliding down if he lands with a shit team like the Jets, uh, could go flying up to number one even if he lands with the Chiefs, something of that nature. So a lot to be decided here. Nothing locked in stone with Le'Veon Bell. Again, one of the most intriguing storylines, but you got to imagine the guy's asking for 15 to 20 million a year close to $50 million guaranteed, you've got to imagine Le'Veon Bell is going to land somewhere where he's a workhorse. He's always been a workhorse, had the most touches in the league, over 400 touches just two seasons ago, was the clear-cut number one or two pick for three straight seasons, not without reason. Le'Veon Bell definitely should be in your top 10, even before we know where he's going, if you're doing best ball drafts, things like that. Big fan of whatever he's going to do. It's Le'Veon Bell. I mean, best patience, some of the best running we see. And then, of course, as a receiver, maybe only Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey can rival this guy's ability. Uh, then on, right underneath him, I start getting into those elite wide receiver ones. Devontae Adams at 9, Antonio Brown at 10, DeAndre Hopkins at 11. That's all up for debate. Who do you take number one? I think those three are the clear-cut top three. But which one belongs as your top? I have Adams right now, Matt LaFleur, their new offensive, uh, not offensive coordinator, their new head coach. Uh, He's an offensive mind, groomed under Shanahan, groomed under McVay, known for explosive offenses. Didn't bring much to the table with Tennessee, but they were dealing with quarterback injuries, things like that all, all season. You got Aaron Rodgers there. You got Devontae Adams. Those two were as consistent as can be never below 13 fantasy points Devontae Adams last year was an absolute monster so you gotta like what he can bring to the table he's my personal favorite as a just a high floor and high ceiling weekly option really big fan of Devontae Adams right below him though Antonio Brown yes I know just like Le'Veon Bell there's some turmoil we don't know exactly where is he going to end up there's trade rumors he's trying to force his way in I don't understand completely what this cap means some people saying 21 million cap hit he's not going anywhere. Others saying that's not the case and you could get, you know, traded and they'll absorb uh, 16 million of it wouldn't count and blah, blah, blah. I don't understand caps. I'm not going to pretend to try
try to make sense of that, but it seems like he's played, according to Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen, some very respective reporters, that this guy has played his last down in Pittsburgh. Where could he go? Obviously one of the most crucial storylines to track. I would love to see him in San Fran with Jimmy Garoppolo, a complete target void. There's no one there. Um, Goodwin, a great deep threat. That's awesome. Pettis really flashed, a nice slot weapon, but that's not Antonio Brown. And Kyle Shanahan, of course, of the tree that just peppers their ex-receivers. Pierre Garçon, for multiple years, led the league in targets with the Redskins. That's Pierre Garçon. You give this guy, Antonio Brown, a weapon that can do damage all over the field at every layer, uh, the most ridiculous glue-like hands, Tony toe taps. I mean, unbelievable on the sidelines. Him and Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you have Kittle and, and McKinnon returning. Wow, that would just be an enormous boost for the 49ers who draft second this year. Clearly, they have the ammunition. They have huge cap space. Antonio Brown, I think, would be an incredible fit there. Regardless, though, if he's with the Pittsburgh Steelers, fresh off 15 touchdowns, his career high, or if he's staying, um, you know, or if he's going somewhere new, you know he's going to be a monstrous target hog. And right underneath, maybe my favorite receiver in the league, DeAndre Hopkins, just the ability to make those contested catches over his the, the defenders. Ridiculous. Uh, just as good in the sideline, if not better than Antonio Brown. Ridiculous talent. Peppered with targets every week with a solid quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Those three are your number one receiver. I don't know which one you personally prefer. Feel free to comment and let me know. I mean, it's Antonio Brown. It's it's Hopkins. You're crazy for having whatever you think. But to me, it's got to be one of those three as the top. And that's my top 11. I moved to tier four. Started off by Travis Kelsey. What a ridiculous edge. Almost 40% of Yahoo teams ahead Kelsey won their championship. And that's because the tight end position was relatively dog shit. Pardon my French, but it was awful. Kittle was good. Kelsey was amazing. And that was pretty much it other than, of course, Ertz too. Gronk has just, uh, who knows what happened there, if he's been injured or just has hit a cliff. But that wasn't Gronk. That wasn't what you expect. So Kelsey, the only tight end I would consider this high in the first round, you got Mahomes obviously leading red zone charge after red zone charge. And when you got a big 6'5 body that can move, that can make contested catches, you got to like Travis Kelsey and what he brings to the table and the humongous edge he gains you at such a ridiculously thin position. I follow that up with Mixon. Cook, two running backs that I think could easily join those top seven workhorses above them, especially Cook with Latavius Murray, a free agent. This guy looked dynamite like his rookie year self come the end of the season. So I'm a big Dalvin Cook fan. Obviously, Joe Main Mixon had a season for the ages this year. Bengals offensive line took a huge step forward with some good rookie additions. Love Joe Main. Mike Thomas right there. I mean, he's you could, and I've had people already commenting, you know, Mike Thomas not up there with Adams and Brown and Hopkins. What's wrong with you? It's the Saints. It's Drew Brees. I get that. But he had a few disappearing acts, a couple six-point duds out of nowhere. Not quite the floor of Hopkins, Brown, Adams, in my opinion. But obviously, you know, right below those guys, my fourth receiver. If you wanted to take him over Kelsey or those running backs, I couldn't hate you for it. Julio Jones, another guy right up there. Fresh off seven touchdowns in eight games after being allergic to the end zone for the first half of the season. If he continues that pace, I mean a 14-touchdown pace over a season, in addition to always being one of the contenders, if not the leading receiver yardage-wise every single season. You got rumors that Gary Kubiak might go there, who comes from just peppering that old Shanahan system uh, where they you saw Matt Ryan perform at the MVP levels. That could be ridiculous noise. So Julio Jones, someone that could rise depending on who goes there. Although they are saying Dirk Cutter is going to be their offensive coordinator. And he's a bright mind. I know he didn't survive 
survive there with Tampa Bay. But he could do some magic there with these weapons. Was their former offensive coordinator, so he knows Julio. He knows Matt Ryan. An interesting name for hire there. And then right below him, the number one fantasy of the number one receiver in fantasy for 2018 was Tyree Kill. A little bit more boomer busty. Uh, those games that just swing weeks of like 30, 40 points does that all the time. So you can't just say he's a boom bust guy because he wins you weeks. Uh, but sometimes does disappear. Not always a guy that you can rely on for week-to-week consistency. Juju Smith-Schuster in that tier with him. Nick Chubb also in that tier. Juju in particular, if Antonio Brown does leave as expected, I mean, he already might be in contention for being their number one receiver, whether Brown stays there or not. Supreme talent, made magic happen, and just doesn't have those diva tendencies. I really love Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he has to be within your top two rounds. Uh, and he could th- just jump all the way up above, you know, Cook, Mixon, those guys, Mike Thomas even, if he becomes that clear-cut number one in Pittsburgh this offseason. Sky's the limit there for Juju Smith. Tony, what's going on, my dude? Welcome to the show. Good to see you. I hope some other Wolfpack members join in. I know this is kind of out of nowhere, uh, running again through these 2019 rankings so early. But if you're a true Wolf, you're never stopping to participate. Tier 5 is where we're at right now. Uh, we got, you know, Zach Ertz, Adam Thielen, David Johnson, Evans, OBJ, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Mahomes, rounding out Tier 5 there. Intrigued right now with a few of these names because they're going to be impacted by the new coaching hires. Today, breaking news that Cliff Kingsbury going to the Cardinals. Now, this guy was extremely pass-heavy. Almost just didn't know running existed in football well at Texas A&M. Yeah, you had Mahomes, you had Johnny Manziel. So, just runs an air raid style offense to the fullest, which... I mean, yes, it's nice to have an explosive offense for David Johnson. Would like to see him gain some new life uh, and get more scoring chances. That would be fantastic. Maybe the, the boxes are less stacked because we got Kingsbury just slinging it deep. But do they have the weaponry on the outside to really execute that? Larry Fitz, their best receiver, is a free agent. He's also, I think, 100 years old at this point. And then you know, Kirk, obviously an explosive guy. He gets a nice little stock up arrow with this higher. But I don't know if they have that weaponry to pull this off. So I'm not suddenly skyrocketing David Johnson, particularly because Kingsbury doesn't even know what running the football means. Ah, I'm not a huge fan of this hire for him, at least not yet, until he gets some weapons on the outside. We'll hopefully, as a bright offensive mind, use him more in the passing game and whatnot, though. Uh, It can't be worse than last year, right? I mean, that was horrendous. Mike McCarthy. You got Mike Evans, Bruce Arians. Obviously brings that deep ball attack. Uh, he was just a monster in Pittsburgh as an offensive coordinator. Uh, really got that air raid style offense going. And then uh, then with the Cardinals, re- just vitalized um, the career of Carson Palmer. So Bruce Arians could bring some magic for Jameis Winston. Said he's very excited to work with this guy. I love Todd Munkin. He's not expected to stay, so I... Makes me at least a wash, in my opinion, maybe even a downgrade. As much as I love Arians, that's bigger, higher news for the running back. This guy just loves riding bell cow after bell cow, dating back to I mean, his days with the Colts. He, he's just always preferred his bell cow and loved to pepper them in the passing game. So Mike Evans, it, it helps to have a, a nice, bright mind. So even if Munkin leaves, there's a little safety net there, which is nice for Evans. But ultimately, it, it's not just a guaranteed win for him, more so for whoever's the running back, which I don't imagine will be Peyton Barber. Come 2019, one of the more crucial stories now with Arians going there to know is who is going to be that running back. Uh, but right underneath, you got Odell. He, what to expect with that diva headache? Not probably going to be on my fantasy teams. It's clearly as ranked low as he is for me. 
it just didn't step up when you needed him in the playoffs. Keenan Allen getting hurt in the playoffs as well. You got to love the guy and his toughness when he's on the field, but always seems to dip out when you need him most. So T.Y. Hilton might get a bump ahead of these guys, to be honest. Gutted out injury after injury to play for you guys and perform 190 yards in one game where he was supposed to sit out. Uh, and then Mahomes, obviously the fantasy MVP. I don't love taking quarterback. In fact, I hate taking quarterbacks early. Mahomes is different. though. This is a cheat code. This is a guy that you were getting 28 to 30 points from weekly. And I don't see any reason. I mean, yeah, they have film on him and it's not as, it's not going to be a surprise to the league anymore. That doesn't matter. It's Patrick Mahomes with the best arm this league maybe has ever seen with a weapons cabinet that can just attack every layer, especially the deep layer. Uh, good protection. The offensive line took a huge step forward. And you read a passing game wizard. There's no reason to not love Pat Mahomes again. It, I see him just being the same exact cheat code that we saw this entire year. That cuts off my Tier 5, and I rifle through and get to Tier 6. You got A.J. Green, Mr. Always Injured, foot issues, whatever. Uh, but still, just what an elite talent when he's on the field. If he can ever just stay healthy, my God, he, he'll be right up there with the Mike Thomases of the world. And he was there till getting hurt. Stephon Diggs, one of the best route runners in the league. Robert Woods, Aaron Jones. We're going to come back to in a second with Matt LaFleur becoming their new head coach. Derek Henry. The number one running back from weeks 13 on to end the season finally got unlocked. Maybe we got to know who their offensive coordinator is going to be with Variable now, but hopefully that was a sign of things to come. I've always wanted this motherfucker to get unleashed. What a steamroller. Hoping that continues. Philip Lindsay, the waiver wire hero of the season. Unbelievable effort from that guy. Uh, just looked out of this world. I know he's small. I know he's slim. But he's got that tight, compact body, low center of gravity. Just a tough little prick runner. Absolutely love Lindsey. think he, he's going to be severely over, underrated. A lot of people saying, oh, he's going to be a bust. Avoid him. Uh, they're not going to Royce Freeman. This is the Lindsey backfield show. I'm just intrigued to see who is going there, who is calling plays for him. Leonard Fournette, a huge question mark right now. He's going to be with the Jaguars, who are rumored to be blowing up their entire offense. Uh, still, I think, a supreme talent when he's fully healthy. But a major question mark to ever be there. His foot, his ankle, whatever it is, just looked like a plotter all season when he never could get fully healthy. I do like that he flashed some receiving chops and could be an every down back, but you're talking about one of the biggest risks in fantasy football. Chris Carson then right below him at 35. Can't believe we talked about 35 fucking players. Jeez, we are flying through this list. Uh, but Chris Carson, Seahawks, uh, obviously had a huge year, one of the best values going around eight or nine and to enter the year and just became the workhorse in the run heaviest offense in the league. I don't see them changing that formula as long as Schottenheimer is still their coordinator. Now that I love the offense, it hurt Russell Wilson. I think it, they shot themselves in the foot in the playoffs by being too run obsessed. But ultimately Carson for 80%, 90% of the season made them validated their, their belief in the run game was an absolute monster uh, throughout the season. And I don't see any reason for that to go anywhere but up. I mean, Penny maybe eats into it as a rookie. Uh, he was a rookie this year, maybe as a sophomore, gets himself healthy and becomes forced to more of a committee. But as of now, I like Carson Williams. One of the guys that he's either going to, he's not going to stay here at 36. He's either going to go into my top 15 because he's the guy, Damian Williams, for the Kansas City Chiefs. One of the best positions to track, the most important positions to track, that Kansas City running back value whole spot. If it's Williams, 
put him right into the top 15. I mean, he had the third most points from weeks 14, 15, and 16 when he became the starter. Was an animal because that offense is so unbelievable because they love Andy Reid to target the running back so voluminously. If it's Damian Williams, he's going to be a beast. Uh, but I don't expect that. I think they're going to go with somebody else, have Williams as that insurance policy comes in for a few catches a game. That's more what I expect. But you never know with Andy Reid. Uh, so if he's the guy, he's going to be in top 15. If he's not, obviously he falls to the 70s, 80s. Definitely not going to be 36. But for now, it's worth the upside to sink into him if you're doing best ball drafts. Right below him, we're looking at Damian Williams. We're looking at uh, you know George Kittle, a huge tight end edge. One of the biggest tight end edges you could have got this year. I mean, uh, maybe the value of the year. I, I think James Conner personally would have got my vote, but right next to him would have been George Kittle. Ridiculous. Even if they get more weapons like Antonio Brown, I expect him to continue thriving. Uh, you, you got to get that edge. There's very few tight ends other than Ertz and Kelsey that can give you what Kittle gave you this year. No reason to expect him to do anything else. He set the record for the NFL in yardage this season. A beast. An absolute beast. Devonta Freeman gets Coleman removed this offseason. you got to imagine they fill it in with somebody or they give Ito Smith some of that work. But Freeman could just have the complete backfield reins, and he looks great. So, I mean, Cutter has liked and preferred one-back systems and explosive offenses like Pepper. I mean, Peyton Barber had some big weeks, and he's a nothing. And I think Freeman... A lot of people, he's going to be one of the sneaky values, I bet, this season. Slipping people's minds because he missed all the season. But just two seasons ago, um, and back-to-back-to-back years, was a clear-cut RB1. I think over 1,600 total yards in back-to-back years. Double-digit touchdowns over that span. Could get right back into running back one form. Late in round three or your early four for you would be an absolute steal. Uh, so keep him on your radars. Amari Cooper blowing up in Dallas late season. Could be a wide receiver one. He slides in at 39, 40, Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks, 41. So this tier, again, looking more like those um, elite RB2 options. If you can get them for flex because you go horse, 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 even better. Uh, and then those quality wide receiver twos in Brandon Cooks, Edelman, Cooper. Uh, you got Robert Woods up there, the, the clear number one, it seems, uh, week to week for Jared Goff. The only reason those guys aren't elite number ones is just the, the volume does switch up a little bit, but not nearly as much as I expected. Uh, and that rounds up my top 40, so we'll get through, I'd say, at least another 20 or so. Again, if you got questions, comments, thoughts on these rankings, would love to hear it. Um, I'm just rifling through as many names as possible, trying to bring up these storylines that you need to track. It's Again, I know it's January. I know it's so, the, the fantasy season just ended, but this is just what the Obsessed Wolves need to do to get those titles for 2019. Carry on Johnson coming in at 42. I mean, Jim Baum Cooter is out. I wonder who comes in. We know Patricia, their head coach, comes from that Patriot system of committees, but he was by far and away the number one talent there. Started to really separate himself, and then, of course, got hurt before he could really, truly cement, I am the only guy here. Still love the talent. Still think there's tons of upside there. Uh, so I like Carry on a lot for Detroit's future and for fantasy owners in the future. Right below him, Jarek McKinnon, a guy I was saying could be a first rounder last year until he started to get banged up in camp but Kyle Shanahan loves this guy loves using him as a pass catcher loves the vision he saw for his zone blocking scheme I don't know if they go out and get another running back because he was fragile I know Breida performed very well but it just goes and shows you the upside of Shanahan's lead back McKinnon's back and fully healthy he could end up being one of these steals of the draft so that's a great name to have on your radar to the fullest Jarek McKinnon could be an absolute animal 
in 2019. Cooper Cup was the number two receiver in fantasy till he went down. So this guy was a beast. And the only reason he's not up there with Robert Woods and Cooks is just the health. Is he going to be fully healthy and back in that in, in next season? We'll find out. Doug Baldwin at 45, right below him. This is, again, 45 overall, not wide receiver 45. Right around the wide receiver 20 range. Uh, Narl Mack, just an absolute monster when the game flow is right. Can he become game flow proof? Frank Reich does historically love committees, but seem to be turning to Mack as that clear-cut, no-brainer number one guy. There's rumors Bell wants to go there. Uh, I don't see why they'd sign him when you got Mack and Naeem Hines as a great committee under a very cost-controlled context. Why, why would you be shelling out that much money? It doesn't seem smart to me, and the manager has been so much better uh, since, what's his name, Pace, has been out of this world as a manager. The draft he had last year was incredible. I don't think he makes a foolish move and shells all that money out when they already have good options. So I expect Mac to stay that guy, and once that's confirmed, he'll move up the rankings even further. Um, right below him, the uh, Mark Ingram, free agent. Who knows where he's going to go? There's rumors, though, that it's not going to be the Saints, that they're not bringing him back. Uh, so Mark Ingram could be a, what if he goes to the, the Chiefs, right into my top 12? Uh, depends where he lands, but I think he's an unbelievable talent, very versatile guy that can catch, can pass block, can do it all. So if he lands a featured back gig, then Mark Ingram is going to skyrocket on this board. Uh, even if he lands back with the Chiefs, uh, the Saints, this is where he would be right around 47. Touchdown potential machine there. <clears throat> then you got Kenny Galladay, one of the emerging target hogs of uh, last year, especially with Golden Tate traded, was seeing 13, 15, 18 targets a game. It was ridiculous. And he's often compared to Babytron for those ridiculous measurables. Uh, 6'3", contorts the body real well, makes the contested catches. Uh, love Kenny Galladay. Don't know who's going to be calling plays now that Cooter's gone. Uh, hopefully it's a guy that will utilize that big body and that unbelievable athleticism to the fullest. A guy that you can get as your wide receiver 2 or 3, could explode into wide receiver one, like no-brainer, second-round guy for next year uh, in 2020. <laughs> Jesus, I can talk about 2020 right now. Uh, but I can see him being one of those guys that just becomes a no-brainer, stalwart, uh, number one receiver that you get at a wide receiver two or three price. Love him. Darius Geis, maybe one of the most important storylines as well, coming at 49. Uh, we saw what Adrian Peterson, when that line was healthy, was able to do, was the running back seven for the first seven or eight games of the season. Darius Geis is obviously a thousand times better when healthy than the corpse of Adrian Peterson right now. So behind a good offensive line as a workhorse back, I think Geis, underrated receiving ability as well, could be a monster. He was sneaking into round two for me before that devastating ACL tear. Looked unbelievable in his preseason reps. So I'm a big fan of what Darius Geis can bring to the table. Uh, there's rumors that his surgery, there's some complications, and the knee was swelling up, and he's not going to be ready to go for quite some time. That would obviously put a huge damper into his stock. But if he's healthy, he's got obviously you know seven, eight months to fully get himself ready. Uh, Darius Geis could be an animal. So I'm a big fan of him. Tariq Cohen right below him was one of our best calls of the season, said he was going to be the running back of the year, running back value of the year, and that really panned out. Such an explosive guy. The usage was just a little more inconsistent than I expected. Obviously, it skyrocketed under Nagy as a pass catcher on deep routes, on everything. The creative, explosive usage was there as we wanted for Tariq Cohen. But then there were some games where they just, just disappeared because Jordan Howard's plodding ass had to get used. So 
Who knows exactly what Cohen's outlook will be. He was a weak winner on many uh, occasions last season. I expect Nagy to look back at some film, especially the playoffs. He saw four touches. That's ridiculous. So underutilized. I think Cohen, uh, again, presents great value when you can get him in round five, six as your flex. Such explosive upside for there. Right below him and, and could easily jump him is Sony Michelle and James White, your Patriot running backs, coming in at 51-52, followed by Sanders. Achilles injury makes him risky. Was a monster, though, uh, before going down the wide receiver 10 up until his injury. So if he can regain that form, would be a no-brainer wide receiver three investment, but obviously humongous risk coming off an Achilles injury, coming off a, we don't know who their play caller is anymore right now. Big risk. And Alshon Jeffrey really kind of emerged as that number one receiver down the stretch since he uh, got there. Even with Golden Tate coming in, kind of crushed his value for a few weeks, but then re-emerged once Foles was there. So Golden Tate, a free agent, he's expected to go means Alshon Jeffrey can reclaim that clear-cut, no-brainer, number one receiver. Had 20-plus points in his first, uh, like, three of his first five after doing that only, like, three times in all 16 the year before. So he was definitely emerging as that number one target before Golden Tate. But with him removed, I like Alshon Jeffrey and the value he could present. And then we'll, we'll go into more depth on the rest of these guys later. Uh, from 50 through 100, there'll be a, you know maybe a second video, second lifestyle stream. But this next tier eight, you know, rifle three, Landry, Ridley, Robinson, Lockett, Boyd, Fuller. So you're just looking at upside wide receiver threes that could blow up. In particular, love Ridley, uh, love the talent that he put on tape. You got Dirk Cutter, loves to air the ball out. I think that could be a fantastic fit. Right underneath them, you're looking at you know Coleman, Miller, Gronk. One of the biggest risk-reward investments, but when you're getting him in round five or six, if he was banged up all year and, and you can get just that humongous edge back, round six could be a season changer right below him. Hunter Henry, if you've been listening to me at all for these last couple of years, you know I am in love with Hunter Henry and his upside with the Chargers. I think that's going to be the tight end I get in round seven, eight, in every single league, and he pans out to be the next you know Zach Ertz, Kelsey-style guy. Would not be shocked to see that being Hunter Henry on a team that behind Keenan Allen has no real reliability uh, in their backfield, of course. Andrew Luck, Ebron, you're starting to get that second you know, tier of quarterbacks below Mahomes coming in here. Godwin, a guy I love to track with Adam Humphreys, a free agent, with Deshaun Jackson talking his way out of town. Godwin, when he's gotten the targets last week of the season, you saw 150 and like two TDs. The guy's a beast. So big fan. Of, of Chris Godwin and his upside this offseason. Rodgers, Breeze, Williams, Tate, you know, Marvin Jones, just some more of those receivers that could blow up in your you know your wide receiver four, your flex that ends up exploding as a high upside wide receiver too. A lot of guys in that tier that could be monsters. We're gonna just kind of cut it off there. That brings us to our top 75 or so. Um, if you have any specific questions on anybody, comment away on this. You can hit me up at Roto Street Wolf. It is Tuesday, so any of you loyal viewers know, heading out for tacos at this point. But thanks for tuning in. If you were in here for this show, um, let me know your thoughts on this kind of rapid fire. Did you like this style? Did I hit enough players? Do you want me to go slower, more in depth? It's obviously so early in the offseason. We want our content to be the best out there. But that's just a quick look at my 2019 big board getting published on rotostreetjournal.com. Check it out. 
Um, if you're listening to the podcast, Fantasy Fullback Dive, thank you for tuning in. Subscribe. Let us know your thoughts. Tony, staying for the entire show. I appreciate that. Thumbs up. That's the that's loyal wolf pack right there. Uh, we're going to be crushing it for you guys all 2019. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. See ya. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. Football right there, folks.